Welcome to Seeing Double Podcast. I am your co-host, Bradford Barth. And I'm your host, Stephanie Kretz. We had some technical difficulties. You sound a little loud. I don't know if that's... Uh... Oh, it's because I was getting really close and intimate with my microphone. Okay, okay. Just, just, just wanted to warn you. But we have fixed it. And I am now using a different web browser for this here... Uh, web conference and Indeed. i think it's working much smoother i don't have to look yes. at myself looking like i don't know the guy <laughs> from uh chris farley from uh whatever it was hey nothing from, wrong uh, with chris farley there ain't well there's one thing wrong with him he has passed our mortal oh, realm that is very wrong he should still be here yes just a message to all you kids out there don't do drugs Mm. Yeah. So, Stephanie, <clears throat> this week we're back to my lovely, lovely friend Shay. Yes. And this is by far the episode <laughs> with my favorite scene of all time. <laughs> I w- you texted me while you were watching it, and you're like, this has two of my favorite scenes in it. And I was like, I wonder which... I was like half asleep. I wonder which what that is. And I watched it. And then I saw... And I was like, oh, okay. Do you agree? <laughs> yes, two of my favorite scenes are in this too. <laughs> especially, especially the one in particular. Yes. <laughs> and I'm sure we will all geek out about it when we get to that. Yes. But yeah, so there's not really anything going on that has that's different from the last 15 minutes. So <laughs> I I disagree. Oh, that's right. You you fixed your computer. Yeah. Your technical difficulties. And on my phone, I see here on Google, Star Trek Into Darkness actress defends controversial underwear scene. So apparently, oh, wow. Star Trek Into Darkness is in the news again for a controversial underwear scene. Wow. Who would have known? Not I, that's for sure. Nope, I sure don't know. Oh, I guess there is some exciting Orphan Black news. Yes. Uh, the new season of uh, Orphan Black, the last, or the next chapter. chapter yep. <laughs> Not the last, the next. The next chapter came out on October 29th, oh. which is today, technically. <laughs> but when you're hearing this, it'll be in two weeks. Yep. So <laughs> nice. Um, and... Not only is, as we were teased before, Delphine and Felix reprising their roles, but now Donnie also is reprising his role. Yes! <laughs> Which, when they said, there was like, there's another secret cast member, and I was like, oh my god, it's going to be Donnie. Because Donnie loves Orphan Black, and he loves Tatiana. Like, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that it would be Donnie. You are just like, I'm glad you didn't tell me that, because you'd have been like, spoilersville. You, like, hone in on all these spoilery things. I mean, I just could... I can just tell. You just... I mean, I haven't, I haven't listened to it yet, but I just... You know, they posted a video with Tatiana with with uh, with him. So, it's it's out of the bag. The cat's out of the bag. It's out of the bag. Yeah. Or as they say in, uh, in Canada, it's out of the bag. Yep. 
Yep. And she also did an interview recently to promote season two. Yep. And she talked about how that it sounds like all of the clones are in it this year, including there'll be more Rachel and more Helena. So that's exciting. And um, she also said that there's, you know, some other exciting projects she's working on that she can't talk about. I wonder what that could be. <laughs> she, 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 Hulk. Is this is in the Marvel universe. She Hulk. I think she might be uh, reprising. <laughs> a, she's doing some sort of green superhero. She Hulk. You think that's it? It's just She Hulk. So. I think so. Okay. We certain. We might get. We might get. Yes. Uh. A preview of it for the the Disney Plus day, which I think is like November seventeenth or so, sometime like second or third week of November. Uh huh. Sorry, I'm like waving around my scraper because I'm just this like weird scraper that I have on my desk because I just play with things on my desk while I'm recording. It still has the sticker on it. <laughs> I know. Well, I don't. It's fine. <laughs> you bought a scraper and you haven't even used it. I did use it. I had some gum on my floor and I scraped it up. And now it's, that was all I needed to do. <laughs> now you're gonna return it? Is this like no. a is this like a wedding night dress that you leave the tag on for? And then I mean, it's not dirty. I probably could. Because <laughs> I what's chew the price gum on that, while Stephanie? I'm working. What? What's the price on that? <clears throat> I don't even know. It should be it on that there label. It doesn't have a price. Oh really? Okay. I mean, I can't imagine it was more than ten dollars. Probably not. Yeah. But so Gouda likes to steal my gum wrappers before I have a chance to throw them away. Oh. And so sometimes he plays with them in the pink rug that I, that I have my chair on top of. Right. And I don't notice that they're there. And then I, my chair rolls over them multiple times. So like when I, I lifted up my rug to go wash it and I found all of these like smushed gum blobs <laughs> under my chair. So I had to scrape them up before the new desk. Yep. So the tidy floor makes a new desk feel that much more special. Indeed. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, yeah. So we'll hopefully hear more about She-Hulk in a couple of weeks. Hopefully, I don't know though. I'm trying not to get my hopes up because you never know about these things what they're going to share. Yeah, it's slotted the, for 2022, right? I think so. So far, it is. Um, they, I mean, they're finished filming it, so it should be ready next year. But all the all the movies got pushed back. I don't know. I don't think that has anything to do with the shows. So I think the shows are still on track. Right. So we'll we'll see. I guess. We shall. Hopefully, yeah. More Tatiana news coming soon. <laughs> oh, it's Sookie. I was like, what is that noise? Sookie's coughing outside the door. Oh, it sounds like a cat coughing. Yep. You'll be tre- um, you'll be treated by something else that you can scrape up with when you walk out there. <laughs> She doesn't puke when she coughs. She just pukes. She just coughs. Oh, okay. <clears throat> she just she just has her asthma. Yep. Um, anyway, so yes, we are doing... I was very excited to do this episode um, of Orphan Black, Season 3, Episode 6, called Certain Agony of the Battlefield, until I remembered what happened at the very end, and then I was like, I hate this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's very traumatic. Yeah, it's a little... So originally when I watched this, it was the next morning after you had told me you were watching it that night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I had like 10 minutes left of it. And I'm like, I'm just going to stop it right now and just go have a nice day. <laughs> <I was laughs> oh, because like, you remembered? 
Yeah, I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to traumatize myself at eight thirty in the morning, so I'm just gonna pause it. So, so you, then I traumatized myself after work today instead and watched okay. the last ten episodes or ten minutes. Gotcha. All right. I mean, if if it's traumatizing, I suppose, yeah. It is. To me, it's very harrowing. Yeah, it just hurts. It hurts does. my feelings. So, as what happened last time, Helena escaped the caster prison place. Oh. Camp, whatever. Left Sarah there. I guess that does confirm that she crawled down the wall. Yes. Yeah. And uh, left Sarah there, who is, you know, stuck in all sorts of cell trouble, trouble, <laughs> stuck in her cell and in trouble. <laughs> yes. I was like, I can't, I can't think of words. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Sarah, when we join Sarah, she's having some sort of dream, and she's um, she's uh, wandering around the complex. She hears Kira giggling in the distance, tries to run after her to find her, keeps following her through all these places, like through the through this like fort type thing. Yep. Um, and then she kind of has an out of body experience where she sees herself lying on a cot next to Rudy, and there's, like, a blood transfusion between the two of them. Uh-huh. Um, then he licks his hand, and Sarah realizes that she's dreaming, and she wakes up, and she's, like, all sweaty and gross and, like, clearly sick and um, pukes. Uh, oh, yeah, she has, like, tubes in her neck and stuff, or a bandage on her neck. <laughs> yep. Um, Which in the dream where, is where Where the, in uh... her dream, where the tube was coming out of. Yep. And... Uh, she so she pukes and then she she knows that she was dreaming but she still wonders if she was you know having a waking dream hmm. because the band-aid and the dream and as we just said so yeah that that's a good theory yeah so but she's so feverish that she can't tell what is reality and what is you know her dream also at the same time and she's alone so with no allies yeah at the current moment. I mean, her only ally just sort of uh, left her behind. Yeah. Um, and Paul is in D.C., maybe? Arlington? Yeah, is that I, Virginia? I think Arlington, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I believe my so. Notes, my notes said Arlington, and I was like, wait, is that Virginia or that's D.C.? Anyway, kind of the same place, around the same you know, Congressy, governmenty type area. Um, he is sitting on a bench. Sorry, Paul is sitting on a bench with uh, a military contractor, and he's showing them the Caster clone notebook that he found last episode that had lists of all these girl names and their hair samples and you know dates of things, and he just found it all very strange. Um, yes, Arlington is in Virginia. Okay, thank you. Confirmed. So he, they, they, the two of them together figure out that Dr. Cody must be performing some sort of experiments on female civilians. Right. So he tasks Paul with going back to the base and finding out some more compelling evidence that proves that she's doing this because the notebook just doesn't, isn't sufficient enough. Um, so. Because it's just stats, right? Yeah, it's just like 
name, age, weight, a date, and then the hair. What they and, did, yeah, and yeah. a hair sample. So she's um, weird. Very strange, suspicious. Yeah, but as we agree. know, the last few episodes we've seen some of the women that have had sexual relations with caster boys have been getting sick. Yep. Like Gracie, who doubled over in pain, also then, lost her baby. And then had the, pink re- eye. the red eyes. Yeah. You know, that's what happens when, you know, they say keep the back side away from the front side, otherwise you get pink eye. <laughs> I know that because of, you know, that Saturday Night Lights live skit with, uh, what's her name? What is her name? <laughs> I don't know. Which one? There's a lot of them on that, on SNL. Uh, McKenna? Oh, yeah. I don't remember her full name. But yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Like when they do the alien abduction ones. She did one with, uh, who was that dude from, uh, God, I can't think of anybody's names today. (laughs) This is very helpful. (sighs) From Crazy Stupid Love and, uh... Ashton Kutcher? No. Justin Timberlake? No. What? I got nothing. What crazy stupid love movie are you watching? With? I don't know. I've never seen that movie. Oh, okay. How about uh, <laughs> the L, L, the uh, the the jazz one that I haven't watched and I can't think of the name. This is riveting. <laughs> you know the hot guy. He's LL Cool J? No, no. LL Cool yeah, I th- J? I thought you were about to say LL, so I was trying to fill it in. <laughs> no, no. What is, what's that, what was that dancing musical movie recently with uh, La La Land? There we go. Ryan, Ryan Gosling? There you go. Ryan oh Gosling God. was on Saturday Night Live. You should have just said drive and I would have known. <laughs> See, that too. <laughs> Sorry. Or the notebook. <laughs> it's been a while since I've watched the notebook. Yeah. Um, I totally lost my train of thought. Okay. Yes, pink eye. Um, anyway, it, you can also get it if you touch a pig's snoot and you touch your eye because that's a Brendan did. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's like a little farm by her house, which I've talked about before. Yeah. And they have pigs there, and he was like booping their snoots. He was just because they were just up at the like. Rrr. Or snorting, whatever noises pig make, pigs yep. make. And he was like po- poking the snoots, and I think he just like itched his eye at one point, and then the next morning he had pink eye. Well, so don't boop pink. the snoot. Don't boop the snoot and touch your eye. <laughs> so, uh, you know, with properly placed bleeps, that could be really sound don't dirty. Don't boop the bloop and touch don't. the boop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, we're doing Orphan Black. That's right. Sorry. Yeah, Orphan. This is not the Pink Eye podcast. This is the Orphan Black one. Yeah. Let's get back on the freeway. <laughs> we took. We got. We saw the world's largest ball of yarn. Now it's time to get back on the road, children. <laughs> so uh, Kira is skyping with Mrs. S and Felix from Iceland, where she is now living on a lamb farm and has a lamb child. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Somebody's really obsessed with the movie. Hey, it takes place in Iceland. I saw my moment. I went there. It's a good, 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 good. (laughs) Where she is staying with Cal in a hotel, it looks like, or some sort of house. Um, 
the the conversation's very cute and happy until Kira asks if her mom is mad at her. And they tell, they have to tell her, like, no, she's not mad at you. She's just really busy, like, protecting you and out there looking after you and making sure you can come home. Right. Because, you know, obviously, they haven't told her that, oh, she's been missing for several days. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, they hang up the call and... uh, Her first name's Kate. Kate McKinnon. Thank you, delayed answer. (laughs) the way my brain works i know but when you were saying that you know they haven't told her she was taken i instantly went to that kate mckinnon sketch of being abducted and it was really funny in my head the whole skit playing out Mm. (laughs) back back on the road brad (laughs) (laughs) see that was the world's largest frying pan (laughs) uh So after the call, Felix is clearly upset that they still have no leads on Sarah. And Mrs. S is like, well, my people are looking into it. And he's like, well, oh, what does that mean? Like, that means nothing. They could be, you know, whatever. And she's like, they're pretty sure they're somewhere in Mexico. And he's like, oh, great. Like, that's helpful. New Mexico. No, she said Mexico. I thought she said New Mexico. She said Mexico. Oh, did she? Yeah. They go to Mexico in the movie, in the show. And here's Felix thinking they're booping snoots and getting pink eye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, guys. So, that and was next the we go to ball of uh, rubber bands. I think you're gonna want to get back on the road for this part. I am. This is your favorite part. One, one of one of, one of two. Here you go. It's the. It's it's, it's not the top right rung of the ladder favorite. It's the one right below it. Kasima and Shay? Yeah. That's below your favorite? <laughs> wow. You know, my favorite scene... Is in this episode, is the next one. ...has a lot of reasons to be my favorite <laughs> scene. <laughs> so, Kasima wakes yes. up in Shay's apartment. Uh-huh. And Shay turns yeah. around from her kitchen, and she is just wearing... Some cute underwear and and an open robe. Yep. And it's it's let's all just enjoy that visual for a moment. Okay, and we're back. And uh, she's carrying over some you know fancy smoothie she'd made for her, some juice, some, some something healthy. And she's like, oh, your phone's been vibrating off the hook. Like, that's like the 10th time they've called you. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, work, whatever. She's clearly unbothered by the fact that she's, you know, not paying attention to her job because she's in a honeymoon phase at the moment with Shay. Right. (laughs) Which, who wouldn't be? We'd all shirk our responsibilities for her. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, 100%. No (laughs) questions asked. Um. She is like, oh, I'm an, I made you this juice for your cough that you have, but you have to earn it. And then Kasima starts smooching her leg, and then she's like, by telling me who's Sarah. And then Kasima instantly is on alert mode, and she's just like, how do you know Sarah? Like, what are you doing? What are you talking about? Blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> she's like, oh, oops. Uh, that was, a, she's like, oh, bad topic. Okay. Um, she's, like, and she's like, I literally don't. She's like, how do you know that name? She's like, I know that name because you were saying it in your sleep. She's like, is that is that like an ex-girlfriend or something? And because, you know, everyone, all the clones are so suspicious of literally everyone that comes into their lives. So 
Shay asking about Sarah is a red flag Definitely. to her, to her. Um, even if it is innocent on Shay's end, but we don't know that yet. But right. it seems to be innocent on her end. Um, so she just assumed it was like an ex-girlfriend or something. But Kasima says, no, Sarah is her friend. She's basically like her sister, a wilder version of her. And Shay's like, oh, doesn't get much wilder than you. <laughs> oh, and then they Shay. smooch and it's cute. They smooch and it's cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then the next scene is, yes, top t- top tier Orphan Black scene. The best. Uh, Allison and Donnie are so, celebrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their set the new stage. Wealth. Yep, yep. They are. They are. Also, it's just in their underwear. Uh-huh. They are dancing around with money, glitter, twerking mm-hmm. on the bed, and it is fantastic. <laughs> and that's the reason it is my favorite scene. <laughs> they, are they are twerking just like, on the bed. They're, yeah, they're just like flailing around on the bed, twerking, slapping each other's butts, just like dancing around. It's just hilarious. Standing on their hands with their feet on the wall, twerking on the bed. <laughs> With this rap music going on in the background. It is so good. It is the most hilarious thing ever. Yes, it is one of the best scenes of the whole of the whole show. And even this is why Allison and Donnie are top tier. (laughs) Even how it ends is the best. Yes, so they're like dancing, and then all of a sudden Jimbo comes popping in. (laughs) She's like, she's like, Dad, Mom, what are you doing? And they're like, No, 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 don't look at us. Don't look. Go, go away. Close your eyes. And Donnie's got glitter all over his body. Uh-huh. Also, I can't believe Allison let them use glitter. That's going to be everywhere for months. <laughs> glitter is like craft room it's, cancer. Yeah, it's so hard to get out of the carpet. Oh, that reminds me. In that same interview that Tatiana was doing about the next chapter, yeah. they asked her like what a memorable like set was for her. Okay. And she said, she said uh, the craft room at Allison and Donnie's is one of her most memorable sets because... She said so much stuff happened in that room. It, it was either talking about normal domestic things to talking about murder <laughs> and drug dealing. She's like, it's just such a great place. To put in she's like, she's hot, like, you're having all these discussions about murder and drug dealing in this like extremely organized room. <laughs> hot glue on Donnie's chest. Uh huh. That happened in there too. <laughs> yep. So I thought that was that was cute. Um, so yes, then <laughs> they're like complaining about going to karate, and you know, the kids interrupt them. They quickly get dressed and then go, you know, go about their regular business. And Allison says she has to go meet Jason Kellerman and give him, you know, pay him off the rest of the money from what they owed them or what they owed the the drug lords. Right. You know, ca- casual things for the for a Tuesday or whatever day it is. Yeah, normal business. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and she's and Donnie says he wants to go with her, and she's like, "Oh, are you jealous?" And he's like, "He's like, yeah, your man is savage, jealous, Mrs. Hendricks." <laughs> it's just it's just their weird, their weird stuff they do. That's cute. And she's like, "Oh, are those? He's <laughs> is that underwear tear away?" <laughs> he's like, "Well, the elastic is loose." <laughs> I know she was a little frisky, huh? Uh huh. She was, but then she left. She left him wanting more. Left him one more. Left him wanting more. Oh, yes. She gave him a little kiss and then left. Yeah, and he could. They needed. He needed to take the kids via public transportation because they only have one car. Yep. She was kind of bummed about. Yeah. Um. So, 
Cosima uh, finally somehow managed to get dressed and leave Shay. Don't know how she, I don't know how she found that willpower, but well, it was, good for her. Trust me, she had to think about the things she hated the most, <laughs> and it was Doctor Nealon or whatever his name yeah. is. And what and, what will kill your libido, Doctor Nealon? Yeah, Dr. exactly, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Um. So she gets to Dyad, and Scott is like super pissed. He's like, and you know, stressed out, and he's like, "Where have you been? Like, what are you doing? Why are you so late?" And and she's just like whatever, like it's fine. And then she goes into the lab, and then there is Delphine in all oh. of her French oh, fancy glory. <laughs> French big D. She's she really glory. becomes Big huh? D this season. Yes, it's true. Because she is like in charge. Uh, I've lost my train of Delphine thought. Oh, so she's she's like scolding Kasima about like where why are you late? There's too much going on. Like Sarah's disappeared. Uh-huh. The caster stuff is going on. Um, the caster brain and Gracie have the same uh, mis misfolded protein. It's in both of them. Um, so they think there's a link between whatever happened with Gracie and the casters. Could could have some answers for them about right. what's going on, and then they invite uh, Gracie to come in for like a follow-up appointment. Yep. Um, Actually, Delphine brings that to their attention. Yeah, she's yeah, she's like, "Hey, you guys need to be aware of this and figure it out." Yeah, because they didn't, they never thought to look at the two separate things. It was more mm-hmm. of her saying, "I know what you're doing down here." Yeah. You know, and and the caster brain thing was, and how did you get your hands on a caster brain? Mm, yes. What you know about that? And then that's when she spilled the beans about, uh, what was his name? Was Uh, the original doctor? Dr. Nealon? Oh, Dr. uh, Duncan? No. Which which one? The one that got shot in the head in the car. Oh, Leaky. (laughs) Leaky. She goes, Leaky wasn't stupid. So apparently Leaky has every lab there under surveillance in some fashion. Mm, Yes. So he knew everything that was going on. Yeah. So, I'm gonna skip to uh, the follow the continuing of that scene. Um, so, Delphine and Casima later later on after they invite Gracie to come, they're standing in front of an elevator waiting for Gracie to come mm-hmm. to the lab, and Delphine's like, "Oh, are you are you feeling okay? I I heard you've been you've been late for work and you know missing some work." And she's like, "I feel great." <laughs> <laughs> And Delphine start, tries to ask some more leading questions, but Kasima's not giving her really anything. And then Felix and Gracie arrive and interrupts them anyway, which it was very awkward, so thank goodness. <laughs> yep. They saved um, it. Shay's safe now. It's good. Yes. They, they take Gracie to the lab, and meanwhile, Scott stays out with Felix, and Felix asks Scott to take him to where Rachel is because he thinks that of anyone that they know, Rachel would know where the casters are and that she she might be able to lead them to where Sarah's being kept right. because no one is helping Felix find Sarah and he's very frustrated about it. Wouldn't you be? Yeah, I would be. Okay. So I don't blame him. Neither do I. And so Scott initially is like, uh, I don't know, I don't know where she is and he's, he gives in to Felix because, you know, he's very persuasive. <laughs> pushy, maybe. He's very he's very pushy. Yeah. Um 
So uh, he, yeah, so he takes, uh, Scott takes him to see Rachel. Right. Sorry, I'm jumping around a little bit just because the stuff at the caster camp is like a lot going on. So I'm just going to do that all in one go. Yeah, it's our finale. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he, so yes, Rachel's just, you know, doing her watercolor painting and then Felix comes in and she's still stuttering a lot and struggling to speak because of her injury. Um, and he asks her what she knows about Caster and she just says, you know, just, just rumors. And Felix is getting more and more agitated as she attempts to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, he tells her that Caster's real and they've taken Sarah and he needs to know where she is. And Rachel's just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't really care. Like it's Sarah. That is no, that is no bearing on me. Um, and then Felix, I, I didn't like this. This makes me upset every time that he does this. Yes, this was... Um, this is rough. This is rough to watch. This is very rough to watch. I agree. Um, he's, like, screaming in Rachel's face, telling telling her, like, uh, no one's going to come for you because no one cares about you. And he, start, he picks up her paint, her her paintbrush and he's like do you want oh you look so pretty rachel let me show you i'm gonna give you a new eye and then he like paints a watercolor blue eye on her ipad on her like bandage and he like shows it to her in the mirror like oh you're so pretty and he's just like screaming at her and rachel's just like sitting there taking it and crying and she she finally is able to like get a word in and he says and she asks she's like just get me out of here like please get me out of this place Mm -hmm. because she's basically a prisoner a dyad because no one's supposed to know she's alive, so she can't leave that room. Yeah. Um, Felix just like leaves her there and runs out of the room. And then um, while Scott's in the room, he notices that there are some symbols on the paintings that Rachel has done, and uh, that they look match. Familiar. They are very familiar, and he recognized them because they're the same little symbols that are scattered all throughout. Uh, Duncan's copy of the Island of Dr. Moreau mm. and then he takes the painting and puts it in his pocket for later that's a big painting to stick in your pocket yes yes indeed uh, so, so Felix also called her Cyclops when he told her. yeah he's so mean <laughs> I understand he's upset and no one is helping him but that was mean Yeah, it was all mean it makes well, me very sad you know, she kind of. Uh, I know she's done a lot of bad stuff. Yeah, but she's she, also she, like a cripple right now. <laughs> she is, but you know, getting that reaction out of Felix is kind of sort of understandable. True. Like I can understand it, but it's still upsetting to watch. It's true. Um, back at uh, Gracie's appointment, um, she asks Kasima if she's a monster because she. Um, doesn't want children anymore and Kasima tells her she's not and obviously Kasima can't have children so um makes sense so yeah oh wait hold on I forgot sorry I it it I jumped ahead in the the Gracie thing so Kasima gives Gracie an exam and informs her that the protein they found in Mark's brother and she's like I know what he is (laughs) okay in his clone right (laughs) Seth and herself they found the same protein in Seth and Gracie. And uh, that's when she says, if she asks if she's a monster, she doesn't want kids. 
And then uh, when Gracie and Felix leave, Delphine kind of lingers and tells Cosima that she misses her. And then Cosima leaves. And then Delphine goes back to her office, drinks some bourbon in a glass that I'm pretty sure I have in my cabinet. <laughs> I'm pretty like sure I have those bourbon glasses. The glass? Like, it looks exactly like that glass. It's not something you bought off of... Uh... No, this is like... These are like Brennan's glasses, Like, but it looks exactly the same. Okay. So, you never know. Um, so she's like... She's drinking out of her bourbon, or she's drinking some bourbon or whiskey, or probably we'll say bourbon because it's a little fancier. Okay. Delphine's fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, she's looking at photos and videos that, you know, as we saw on Shay and Cosima's first date, someone taking some photos. What Guess you, what? It's uh, Delphine or an investigator for are, Delphine. So what you're telling me? Yes. Is Delphine hired cheaters? <laughs> she did. <laughs> <laughs> There's gonna be a, a show about it. She's gonna confront her at the mall. <laughs> I know you're cheating on me. They gave me photos. <laughs> um, Kasima goes back to Shay's apartment, mm-hmm. and she says, uh, "You know, I came here and I was gonna say we should slow things down, but now I just want to make out with you for like seven minutes or something like that." <laughs> Which Again, I think it was seven hours. I seven mean, hours. Okay, that yeah. makes more sense. Yeah, seven minutes is what happens at a party when you get oh, put in okay. the closet with a girl or a guy. You know, <laughs> but no, this is this is much longer. Yeah, and uh, while while they're smooching, she gets a call from Scott, and then he tells her that Rachel knows about the code in the book. Man, Scott, you always have the worst timing. <laughs> he does for real. Like, how dare you interrupt? Yeah, he's such a blocker. <laughs> um do 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 okay Allison we'll go to Allison and Donnie mm. I, if I can find them oh yes so Allison meets with Jason Kellerman she pays him for the money or for the pills mm-hmm. and she also informs him that she would like to continue the business and he's like why you just got out and she was like Oh, but uh, we're really good at this, so we want to keep doing it. And also, we just danced around naked to our with our money earlier, and we want to keep doing that, too. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> she didn't say that part, but that's well, probably what she was thinking. Yeah, I mean, but it makes perfect sense. I agree with <laughs> and, you there. And while she's explaining this, a car comes peeling into the parking lot where they're meeting, and they all get, they get really freaked out because they think, you know, someone's coming to bust up their operation. Right. But, uh... Who is it but Donnie in a brand new car? And he's like, oh, look at my wheels, baby. And he's like super excited. And It's because he got a Subaru. Subaru. <laughs> I don't know which Subaru, but a sedan Subaru. Yeah. Very sensible car. It is. It's very safe for the children. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, uh... She yells at him because he, he's like, you should have seen the guy's face when I dropped 10K in cash. And he's, she's like, Donnie, we are trying to hide the fact that we are drug dealers. You can't just go around spending 10K. And he's like, what? This is like, everyone has a car. It's not that weird. It's like, no, it's the way you bought the car. Like, yep. That arouses suspicion. So Jason says that if they want to continue their business, then they need a front so that they can 
you know, Properly launder, launder the launder money. The money. Yep. <laughs> so oh, the Allison, struggles of being a drug dealer. I know, right? So many, <laughs> so many issues. So Allison and Donnie get the idea that they could use Allison's mother's soap shop called Bubbles. Bubbles. Bubbles, because they already make soap, and that is how they sell the pills. And this episode this week is brought to you by Bubbles. If you use the uh, offer code seeing double <laughs> at their website. <laughs> uh, we only condones, it only works on the sell, selling of actual soap. If you want the other part of their business, you have to contact Allison Hendricks directly. Yes. And we, through the shady we, means. we have no affiliation with that. None. Zero. <laughs> so Jason meets Allison and Donnie at the shop. Uh, she kind of gives him a little tour of what's going on and mm-hmm. like how this could be a good front. Um, and he thinks that it could work. But, you know, the next step is convincing her mom. Yep. Yep. You know, I just want to say that store name like this every time I just want to be like, Bubbles. 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 You'll say a lot more next time. So, and Come and for- shop it. Bubbles. Bubbles. I almost feel like bubbles should be a Rick and Morty thing. <laughs> you know, when uh, they're doing interdimensional TV. Uh-huh. It's a bubble world. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You're not a Rick and Morty fan. I forgot. I watched the first season. That's about it. I don't remember if there was an interdimensional cable episode in the either. first season. It was a long time ago. <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away. So. Yes. In continuation, back in the desert, mm-hmm. Helena, who has escaped the com- the compound. complex. Compound. Co- compound. There you go. Complex is, works too. Yeah. It's a place. <laughs> <laughs> She's running through the desert. She's struggling a little bit because, you know, it's a desert and she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, she falls into the sand and Pupak is there and he's taunting her. And he's like, oh, I bet I know why you regret leaving Sarah. And she's like, <laughs> why are you backing away? Because <laughs> my impression's too good. I'm afraid of Pupak. Oh, yeah. Pupak's mean. <laughs> why do you say him? I don't know. I always, I always think of Pupak as a boy, even though it's voiced by Tatiana. Interesting. Okay. Pupak's a curious. jerk. I don't know. <laughs> so. <laughs> but the greatest scene's coming up. Yeah, poop, uh, poop, uh, Pupak. <laughs> poop. The greatest scene's coming up. Poop. <laughs> So, <laughs> Helena tells Pupak to shut up, basically. She's like, I regret nothing. Right. And she's like, and then he's like, oh, well, why don't you get up then? And she's like, or she's like, I don't need anyone. I'm just hungry. And then she picks up Pupak and chomp. Yep. Eats him. Eats him. <laughs> or her. I don't know what Pupak's preferred pronouns were, so I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, scorpion. Scorpion. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's where Helena's at right now. Yep. After his meeting with the dude in Arlington, Virginia, 
Very good. <laughs> Paul returned to the caster compound. Right. And finds Sarah shivering and sweating and clearly very sick. Yep. Um, Sarah asks him to escape and he says, like, you know, I can't, you know, I can't do that, Sarah. And she's, but he's like clearly upset to see her in the state because, you know, he cares about her. <laughs> yeah. As we've seen for many, many episodes, even mm-hmm. if he's being, even if he shows it strangely sometimes. Right. By stealing her sister. Yep. Yep. Um, when he says no, she says, you're, you're the worst of them, Paul. Um, <laughs> because she doesn't know. I don't know whose side you're on. Uh, Cody enters and she says that Sarah's really sick because she's having a negative reaction to an anti-inflammatory drug that they gave her. Oh, the old anti-inflammatory drug trick, you say. Yeah. Okay. Paul is suspicious. Sarah, they're all suspicious about that. Right. Um, And Sarah says, oh, so Helena escaped, didn't she? And Cody says, yeah, she did, but she's either going to die out there in the desert or Rudy's going to find her. (laughs) But, you know, currently Helena's having a snack. Yeah. (laughs) A poopock snack. Uh Uh-huh. Um, Paul is on the hunt for more information about what Cody's doing. Mm Mm-hmm. So he talks to the doctor. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel like they're having this very private conversation pretty out in the open, which is kind of weird, but... You know... People are at lunch. They don't yeah, listen in on what you're listening. saying. You know, they're chatting with their friends. Yeah, they were the only two in that open walled tent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. In a desert, I don't think the sound travels far. <laughs> when the surrounding area is relatively uh-huh. quiet. Uh huh. Uh huh. Sure. Yep. A lot of holes in that plot, aren't there? Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so. Paul eventually gets the doctor to say what's ha- what Cody did to Sarah, right? Which is that he, uh, um, he gave Sarah. He a did a, basically transfusion. a transfusion of Rudy's blood into Sarah to see how she would react to it, right? Because um, about six months ago, Rudy brought a sick girl to the compound, um, and she was treated there, uh-huh. and. He says they don't really know what was going on with her, but from that moment, all the science changed and it became very secretive. And the doctor's only involved in the the initial part of things. He doesn't know what happens on the after part of it. Right. So he doesn't really have much information to go on for Paul, but he does know that there's something weird going on. And if he wants to find it, it's in Cody's office. So. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> So, Paul, investigator mode boy, Paul, he goes to talk to Mark next. Um, He talks about how Mark brought Sarah into the camp and also that Mark and also about his relationship with Gracie. Um, He tells him that, yeah, he was, you know, in love with her and that he did he did what he any guy in love would do and slept with his wife (laughs) he did what he was gonna do yeah so paul paul asked mark to do something for him off the record okay so they meet outside um cody's office and mark has the keys Mm -hmm. um and he tells paul that they have five minutes 
Sookie is wandering around things, so sorry if there are random noises. That was she a is, loud random noise. She is gingerly stepping over all of my makeup. Oh, she's on the table. So they meet outside Cody's right. room. Yep. Um, head in there. Right, Sookie? She's come back. She's come back. She wants to be on the show again. I see. Right? Well, she's going to have to... Sp- there you go. There we go. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. They start going through Cody's files and discover similar information. Uh-huh. Um, that, you know, that we already knew that whatever is happening with the girls is a sexually transmitted disease from the caster boys which um which (laughs) when i was i told you this before we started recording but while i was watching this uh the subtitles because sometimes the amazon subtitles are weird uh they said the paul says your defect it's sexually transmitted and the subtitle said, your defect, it's actually transmitted. <laughs> and I was like, what? That's funny. <laughs> but nothing beats Jimbo. Nothing ever will beat Jimbo. Oh, Gouda's here now. He heard Sookie's trying to take over his spot. Uh-oh. Hey! Uh-oh. Sookie? Is there going to be a cat battle? There might be, because they always fight each other. Sookie, Hey. Hey. She's just staring at him with such disdain right now. That's because he's trying to steal the spotlight. Sookie, carry on. My wayward son. Okay. Okay. Hey, stop. (laughs) Hey, go. Is she prowling? She was about to attack him. I saw it in her eyes. Mm. It's her favorite pastime, attacking Gouda. When he's just sitting there doing nothing. Right, Gouda? You're cute. Anyway. <laughs> they're both cute. They just hate each other for some reason. I don't know why. It's it's a sibling rivalry. Uh, I'll never understand. Sibling rivalry. Yeah, you'll Suki never and get Sur- it. Suki and Turbo get along great. I don't know. It's weird. <sighs> Something about Gouda, I guess. Maybe because he's an alien. <laughs> she doesn't... She- the secret here is your cat is actually racist. <laughs> she doesn't like them orange and white cats. <laughs> Apparently. So anyway, back yeah. to the back to the plot. Okay. So, um, after they realize that the disease is sexually transmitted, Paul realizes there's a larger thing going on. So he goes to the room where Sarah's Sarah's being kept. Right. And he places Cody. And um, someone else under arrest. I think the doctor. No, it was one of the other. Uh, one of the other clones. Oh okay. Oh yeah, the other the. The one we don't really know that well. Yeah, we don't know his another, name. He's just another Mark Face boy. Yeah, exactly. So, um, he shares what he found out, which is that she is using the caster disease as a biological weapon to sterilize women. Right. And Cody is like, yeah. I mean, think of what we could do. We could end a war in a single generation. It's like, uh, no, that's not great. Because you're hurting innocent women while you're doing it. It's, so, it's basically genocide. 
Yeah, it's fucked up. It's super, super messed up. Yeah. And she also reveals that she gave Sarah Rudy's blood to see the effects of the caster pathogen on her body because uh-huh. Sarah, because the, as we know, the Lita clones have their defect that affects their epithelial tissue. Right. Whereas the caster ones affect their neurological right. stuff. Yep. So because Sarah's unaffected by the Lita pathogen or the Lita disease, whatever, she wanted to see if she would be affected by the caster one the way the other women are. Okay. Regular women. And even though she is very sick, she's not having the same symptoms as other women. Aside from the fever and the vomiting. Right. And while there while all this conversation is going on, Sarah's still fever, so she's starting to hallucinate and she sees Charlotte above her. And Charlotte tells Sarah to come with Who? her. Char Huh? Who? Charlotte. Who's Charlotte? The baby clone. Have we met Charlotte yet? Yeah, in season two. Did we? Yeah. She's the mini clone. She what? was with we she was with Admiral Kane and <laughs> Which I forgot that she's in this show. <laughs> she's the topside lady. Admiral Kane from Balsar Galactica right. is the topside lady in this show. And Charlotte was and in there she's, already? Charlotte is her daughter. Why does why do I feel like she, that didn't happen yet? It's at the end of season two. That's when we find out about Caster. Right. Okay. Yeah. She go, Sarah goes to her house. She meets Charlotte, who has a little limp, and she's okay. wandering around. And then she... Oh, and there's then, okay. And then she leads her downstairs and shows her the caster boy. Right, and then more Charlotte happens later. Gotcha. Yes, Charlotte oh. comes into play much more later on with Cosima. That's why I'm I'm confused on mm-hmm. us knowing or not knowing it's Charlotte. Okay. Yes. So Charlotte is above Cosima's or Sarah's bed and tells her to come follow her, and so Sarah goes, "Okay, sure, sure, hallucination. I'll follow you through a tunnel." Mm-hmm. So, Sarah follows charlotte um and then she emerges in her own house and well mrs s's house right and she can hear all sorts of things and a lot of it is like paul's voice and beth's voice from the tapes that she watched when she was learning how to be beth mm-hmm. and uh in her kitchen she sees beth there making tea at the counter and uh seems normal she's beth tells her that uh, she was thinking about the day that Paul moved in with her and how he had two suitcases to his name and she said that that should have been a huge red flag to her but she was just so in love with him that did not make a difference to her Mm. Um, but then her whole demeanor changes and she's like popping her popping her pills and just she's like you're he's a liar you're a liar you're all liars and Sarah's like, I didn't know, I didn't know you when I took over your life. I, I just, you know, but I'm doing everything I can now to like finish what you started and help their sisters. But she just, but she keeps failing. Um, and she feels guilty that she feels like she, that she let Beth jump and she didn't know what to do. And Beth says, no, you didn't let me jump. I jumped because she let everything that was going on consume her. And that was her choice in the end. And it has not, Sarah had no power over Beth jumping. Um, and Sarah tells her that the only reason she took over her life was to help Kira and to give her a better life. 
and Beth says, we do terrible things for the people we love. Stop asking why, start asking who. Then Beth turns and walks away and we see the same kind of footage from the first episode where we watched Beth walk. She, she takes off her shoes, starts walking away, similar to the train platform. Mm-hmm. And then we get, we get to see that scene again where Sarah watches her jump and is gasping and horrified. Um, and then Sarah immediately wakes up from her fever dream. Seems like her fever has broken finally and right. she's back. And she asks for Paul. Um, so he is, and Paul is on the phone with the Arlington guy and tells him, uh, t- tells him that he deposed or he like you know put Cody in the in a cell, right? And that he's going to take over the base for you know a few hours until they can get more people there as backup. Yeah, six hours, I believe he told him. Yes, six hours. Yes. Um, unfortunately, Rudy gets a call when he's out in the desert looking for Helena that what's going on at the base and decides to head back. Okay. Um, so Sarah and Paul are finally talking. They're together again. Uh, and they're talking about, you know, everything that's going on with the caster disease. And then Sarah still has Beth on her mind because of her dream. Mm-hmm. And she asks him if he ever loved Beth. And he says that he'll carry, he'll always carry the weight of her suicide with him. Um, then he takes her to see Cody. Uh, she's pissed off that Cody gave her Rudy's blood because, you know, it could have really fucked with her. Yep. Um, but Cody's like, wow, like, look at you. Like, you didn't have any sign of the other sickness. Um, and she knew that she would survive because she's immune to the Lita disease and that Castor and Lita's disease is the same. It just attacks different parts of the body, as I said. Right. Um, so her goal is to isolate the Castor pathogen and make it into a biological weapon, as we also said earlier. But that doesn't help the boys. No, which is, which is why Paul is so mad because his entire plan, like his entire dedication to the caster side is to help the caster boys be cured and to save them. Yep. Not to turn their sickness into a weapon. Exactly. So he's so like he's mad because it's like his entire purpose and his entire reason for being has been a lie this whole time. So um so. And you don't want to make Paul angry. No. So Rudy is back, unfortunately. And he immediately kills a guard and, you know, slices his throat and then gets the other unnamed Mark Face boy out of his cell. Uh Uh-huh. Meanwhile, Sarah and Paul meet up with Mark, um, who tells them that Rudy's back. He also Uh, gives them a little more information than that. Oh, yeah? Please share. He told them that Rudy's cell, uh, sat phone received a call from Arlington. Mm. Yes, yes. So Paul decides to call the Arlington guy mm-hmm. and say, Hey, have you been double-crossing me this whole time, buddy? And well, that, that was kind of the underlying right. <laughs> between the lines message. But he was just checking up on the status of their extraction. Yes. 
and he didn't like the way the guy talked. Yeah, because obviously, as I said, Rudy received a call, but we didn't see who the call came from. That's yep. just that he had to go back to the base. Yep. So basically, this guy in Arlington who has been tasking Paul with getting more info has been working with Cody the whole time. Because, of course, a government wants to have a biological weapon. Of course it does. Of course. We're America. <laughs> Give us biologicals. Um, I mean, tells... I take a biologic medicine every other month. Yeah. It's, uh, it doesn't kill me. It doesn't make me sterile. It just cures mm. me. Yeah. <laughs> um, he tells Mark to go hide in his cell because he feels like things, shit's about to go down. Yep. Uh, and then Paul takes Sarah with him. Um, while they're attempting to escape, uh, they encounter the Mark Face boy. They have a little. They have an altercation. They fight mm-hmm. each other, Paul and the guy. Mm-hmm. And Paul ends up killing him. However, in the process, he got a very bad stab wound in his tummy. A few. Yeah. I think that's why he killed him. Yeah. So you know, poke me once, oh, I'll try yeah. to talk Stabbed to you. Stabbed repeatedly, that was in my notes. Poke me twice, I'll still try to talk to you. Poke me the third time, I'm just going to break your neck. <laughs> so... Paul is badly wounded at this point. Yep. And <laughs> he's still trying to help Sarah get out. And, uh, well, he's trying to help both of them get out, it seems. He, you know, leads her down a, down a tunnel. Um, or leads her to a tunnel, like, that has a, has a grate. And he says, uh, if you go down here, like, you know, there's, oh, well, that's in a second. Um... Uh, he's like, hey, get in here quick. We can get out this way. And then she she climbs in first. Mm-hmm. But then before she realizes what's happening, he puts the gate back up and locks her in so she can't come with him. Yep. And she's obviously, like, very distraught about this. She, she doesn't want to leave him behind. And he's really badly hurt. And she's freaking out. And he's like, he tells her exactly how to get away. Go this way. There's a garage. There's a car. You'll get out. Yep. Like, just take it and go. And she just she doesn't want to leave without him. She keeps telling him to open the gate, um, but he's pretty much made up his mind and seems to have has de- seems to have decided what his fate is going to be at well, this he point. A, he has a plan. He does have a plan, but it's still very upsetting. Yes. And he takes one last look at Sarah, and he says, "It was never Beth I loved." And then he walks away from her. And she can do nothing but wait and stare at him as he walks away. Mm-hmm. So she is still waiting there for a little bit of time because she's so upset, which I don't blame her. <laughs> um, but finally she starts moving because she's like, well, I can't get out of here and I need to get out of the, the base before shit continues to go down. Um, and... She's still hearing, like, or she, we're still getting flashes of, like, Beth and Paul together and their home videos, and right. um, I'm going to get very emotional at this part. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, crying when I watched this earlier. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Beth's asking him, like, what kind of guy he is, what kind of guy he is, and he says, you know what kind of guy I am. Um and Sarah's upset as she's remembering the video she watched. And then we 
we go back to Cody and Rudy who are, you know, out of their cells and they're running around. Um, they got to go secure the science um, before, you know, whatever else happens. And, but then they find Paul in there. He's sitting in the chair where the one guy used to be that Helena s- stabbed in the head with the scalpel. Right. Um, and he's holding his stomach because, you know, he's bleeding and clearly not doing too well. Mm-hmm. Um, he asked Cody to cure the boys that he's, you know, fought so hard for all this time and to discontinue this, this research and creating a biological weapon. Um, Cody says, you know, your ad, your dedication to my boys was, you know, admirable, but you know, she's not going to stop doing her, doing what she's doing. And then she shoots Paul several times. Yep. And, uh, yeah. And Mm -hmm. Paul, uh, sitting in there with all the science around him including the remains he drops his towel that he was holding against his stomach and then a grenade falls out of it and we see I guess what we would assume are his final moments with Beth and with Sarah flash in his mind right? kissing, kissing both of them running with Beth helping her train and then kissing Sarah when he thought she was Beth and when she was Sarah. Right. And then the explosion, then there's a big explosion, but we see it from Sarah's point of view because she's trying to get away and then the path around her explodes and she kind of collapses. Um, but yeah, we see all so, so much footage. It's just, it's like a orphan black does montages very well. They're very <laughs> painful. They hurt me deeply. <laughs> this one and then season four, episode six. Whew, that one is rough, too. When we get there, I'm not going to make it through that one. Okay. <laughs> I'll be prepared. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm already, I'm getting emotional just thinking about this scene. Uh, getting teary. Uh, so, yeah, we see, like, you know, Charlotte running, Beth video, Sarah and Paul kissing, Kira playing. Uh, and then and then a body drops into the tunnel behind her. And it's Helena. And she goes over to Sarah and Sarah's like you came back and she's like come on like come sistra we have to get out of here and then she helps Sarah get out of the tunnel it's very sweet and then we end the episode with Rachel crying and painting the symbols just you know give you another little knife in the heart <laughs> at the end it's like Jesus yep and you know showing her like painting with a picture of her and her dad yep oh, too much and yeah, so that's really freaking sad. And Paul, Paul is gone. Yep, blown to smithereens. And I'm so depressed about it. I love, I loved Paul. <sighs> Goodbye, Paul. No more Paul. Mm-hmm. Paul. <sighs> this episode marks the first death of a major character in the whole series, unless you count Leaky. Okay, I was gonna say. Um, I mean, <laughs> we'll say a you know a lead romantic character. What about tail, dude? He's not a he's not a major character. He was just a weirdo with a tail. Yeah, but he died too. Yeah, but he's not a main character. Okay, how about the the daddy of uh, the girl? He was in like three episodes. Still kind of major when you think of major it. Major character. I'm talking like from the beginning to now. Like 
important to this to the oh, whole okay. overarching yes. plot. Okay, I get what you're getting at. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say because a lot of people have died. Yes, I'm saying main character that we are sad about <laughs> that we have We're lived not, with that we for are two emotionally and a half invested in. Yes, okay. <laughs> I was not emotionally invested in Leaky or Johansson or in Olivier. <laughs> <laughs> And don't forget the guy that was holding the records, or the clone we knew for a very short time before Tasha. she got shot in the head. Yeah. Or um, who else has died? A lot of people. A lot of people have died. Um, so, and this episode was actually submitted by Tatiana for her op- nomination at the 67th Primetime Emmy Awards. Oh, really? I don't think she won that year. I think she won the year after. Or maybe I think she you're did right. win this year. I know she won for season four, because I think they submitted the other painful episode for season four. Season again, it was episode six. So <laughs> great. Oh, so you, okay. So they have a there's a significance in the episode six. Apparently. Interesting. Um. So, as as always, I went to the blog. Yeah. The blog. And it was all about poll. Poll. Um. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read this because you know. There you go. Let me let me take a sip. <laughs> Eliminating a key character is not something we do lightly. I'd been through this process last season when we killed off Dr. Leakey. We had countless conversations about just how that moment should unfold, not to mention who should be the killer. When we finally landed on Donnie as the Leakey Slayer, we knew the scene would require a Donnie-ish tone, and we came up with the accidental execution in the car. Shocking, gory, funny. For Paul, we had a much different death in mind. Paul has been so mysterious and mercurial through the course of the series that we wanted to use this episode to finally see his true nature. We wanted his death to tell us something about him, to show his decency and heroism. And not just for the character's sake, but for the actor's sake, too. Dylan Bruce is a huge part of the OB family, and he deserved a proper send-off. Here's what I remember about shooting this episode with Dylan. Picture this. It's 3 a.m., we've been going for hours, and Dylan has already put in a monster of a day. From physically demanding fight sequence to a complex betrayal with Cody, now he has to deliver the emotional heart of the episode. He has to say goodbye to Sarah, knowing he's going to die. The fake blood from his knife wound has seeped down his pants and thickened into a sticky paste, so that each time his, he takes a step, it tears, it tears hairs out. Director Helen Shaver, who deserves a blog entry of her own for the spectacular work she did on this episode, asked him to do another take on the crucial line of the scene. Then she asked him to do it again, then again and again. This goes on for many takes. Each time he's told to go again. Dylan gamely moves to his starting position, takes a breath, and throws himself into the moment, and each time he kills it. Brings everything he's got. One take after another, on and on into the night. From the outside, it looks agonizing, but when the scene is finally complete, Dylan flashes that grin of his and gives his torturer, Helen, a big hug, thanking her for the experience. He was having a blast. That's the kind of guy he is, a total pro and a quality human being. We'll miss him. (sighs) But now he has nice, cleanly shaven legs. (laughs) (laughs) I also remember reading about Tatiana's part of that scene. It's just her, her talking about that. Uh-huh. And I think she did like several takes, but they ended up just using the first one because the first one she just like nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> As she always does. Right. So those are my 
sad facts for you. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's sad. I don't. I don't. I love this episode because it's so well done, but it hurts me deeply. Yeah. The end is very painful. I agree. Because I I love Sarah and Paul together. They're very. I don't know. Complicated, and I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But you also like Sarah and Cal. I do. I like them both. You like to ship a lot of people. Yeah, is that a problem? No, not at all. <laughs> it makes it fun. <laughs> well, do you want to do our count? There's a lot this episode. The whole the whole crew. Okay, we got three caster boys. <clears throat> let's let's name them so we can count with you. Mark. Mm-hmm. Rudy. Mm-hmm. And the one we don't know the name of. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Then you have Sarah. Mm-hmm. Helena. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allison. Mm-hmm. Cosima. Mm-hmm. Rachel. Yeah. And the I can't remember her name. All of a sudden, the young the youngling, Charlotte? the young one. Who? Charlotte. Thank you. Yeah. And that's oh. You have a flashback of Beth. Mm. Mm-hmm. And now I think that's it. Ten. That is it, yeah. Ten. That's a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> Man, Tatiana had to work her butt off on this episode. Yeah, that was, that's probably why she submitted it. She's like, I worked so hard on this, you're going to give me a fucking Emmy for it. There were seven <laughs> people that she did. Well, six, because Charlotte isn't her. Oh, you're right. Six. <laughs> but if it but yeah, was, it'd be even that more crew. amazing. <laughs> You know what else is amazing? Well, she was also Pupak. Oh, yeah. She was. <laughs> I was trying to give you a good transition. <laughs> what else is amazing, Stephanie? Leaving us a review or follow, emailing us. I don't know. how. I don't know what order you do it in. I think you need to go to the school of Nick. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> but. <laughs> hey, my transition was good. My follow-up was not. <laughs> Speaking of transitions. If you have a suggestion or a comment and would like to get a hold of us, you can email us at cdoublepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at cdoublepod. You will see announcements of the release of the upcoming episode. Also, Steph on occasion likes to throw some fun little word salads up there. Uh, You can follow Steph on her socials at stephplusverb. And uh, if you are feeling extra generous and would uh, consider leaving us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts, that would be greatly appreciated as it will help the show gain traction. And until next week. I'm Stephanie Kretz. And I'm Bradford Barth. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.